Hi, everybody. This is Dr. Eric Coram, founder of AIM7. Welcome back to The Blueprint, where we distill cutting-edge science, leadership, and life skills into simple tactics optimized for your busy lifestyle and goals. I'm excited to have my friend Alan Aragon back on the show. Not only is he a pioneer in evidence-based training, he's a 30-year nutrition researcher, educator, speaker, and founder and editor-in-chief of AARR, his private monthly journal. We've had the pleasure of speaking with Alan before, and each time we've gained so much from his quick takes on body composition, diet, trends, training, and so much more. And in this episode, we define the basics of body recomposition. And if it's even possible to gain muscle while shredding fat, no matter where you are on your health and fitness journey, you're going to get something out of this show with Alan. It is phenomenal. But before we get started, if you haven't signed up for my free newsletter adaptation, you should check it out. Every Friday, I send you actionable tips for your mind, body and recovery to help you look, feel and perform better. Check it out. The link is in the show notes. Now it's time for my conversation with Alan. So let's lean in and learn from the best. Is it possible to lose fat and to gain muscle at the same time? Thanks so much for having me back, Eric. Uh, to answer the question, uh, yes, it is possible to lose fat and gain muscle at the same time. And we call the phenomenon recomposition and nickname it recomp in the space. And it's mainly a it's mainly a default of your starting body composition and and your starting training status the further you are from your potential for muscle gain and the more body fat that you carry at the start of the you know the endeavor then the the greater the magnitude of recomposition and Mm. This is something that we see in, in overweight or overfat beginners. Um, this is also seen in intermediate trainees to a degree and a lot less to um, folks who've been training a while who are a little closer to their potential. And for more advanced trainees, it's not a productive goal to be chasing uh, recomposition. Uh, it's just it's mm. a lot more productive to focus on one goal at a time. But it, it does happen. And there are a couple of commonalities to the phenomenon of of recomposition in terms of what the subjects or the athletes are involved with. And it's usually a a high protein intake. And when I say high protein, I mean somewhere in the neighborhood of a gram per pound and a little bit above. So somewhere Mm. between, and we don't necessarily see recomp with, protein intakes that are within the the boundaries of the literature and what's seen as you know being maximally effective Mm. in the literature we see people recomping they're they're doing a lot more than that so they're doing a good (laughs) oh boy up to 50 percent more protein than what the literature sees as as maximally effective so we're, we're we're looking at one gram per pound of body weight kind of at a minimum and you, you see recomp happening at even up to 1.5 grams per pound of body weight. Another commonality with recomp is uh, the presence of resistance training and cardio at the same time. And, and so mm. it's usually not a program that just involves uh, some sort of aerobic exercise or just involves 
some sort of resistance training, there typically is, is both in the program. And mm. um, along with recomposition comes a, a couple things that, that are, are habitual on the part of the subject. So there's typically some pretty uh, meticulous records being kept. And there's also an abundance of sleep being had by the subjects too. So, so okay. um, it's a kind of an all-encompassing, all-enveloping <laughs> type of thing where you see people preparing for a physique contest or a photo shoot or an athletic event. And then, then you see recomp happen because you have all the cylinders firing program-wise. And... Mm. That's really the only way that, that the envelope can be pushed, especially in, especially in trainees who are past the newbie stage, where recomposition tends to happen regardless of how, of how hard they, they try to purposely make it happen. This is so interesting because when I think back now, as you're talking about this, in some of the cr most insane transformations that I've had with athletes. Typically it was when they were training for the NFL combine and they had nothing to worry about, but training and sleeping. And, and in 10 to 12 weeks, we saw these just freaky transformations, you know, and then, and it's yeah. always, and now yeah. that I'm thinking about this diet was dialed in. They were sleeping all the time. Usually they're either done with school or they have like one class. So the stress from school is over with. So, and these are people that have been training for years. And so, and in order to see these things, you had to have everything firing in on all cylinders. Am I hearing you correct that if you're a newbie, you've never really trained much. Maybe you're, you know, you're considered obese or over fat that you're going to see and you start dialing in exercise with aerobic and strength training and getting your protein goals. This is where you're going to see more of this. For somebody like yourself, it's going to be much more difficult. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And and a lot of times recomposition okay. happens unintentionally in overweight or overfat beginners. Um, it's just mm -hmm. kind of a, a very welcome phenomenon that happens, but it just happens to a progressively diminishing degree the closer somebody inches towards their training uh, or rather their potential for muscle gain mm -hmm. or fat loss, yeah. So for somebody like yourself, Alan, you've been exercising for many years, you're yeah. fit. Yeah, thanks. Do you go through periods of I'm gonna focus on maybe cutting a few pounds and maybe a period of just eating and maintenance or what does that look like for you? Do you mind me yeah. asking how old you are? Sure, I'm 51 and I- You look great. <laughs> thank you, sir. <laughs> thank you, I appreciate that. As, as we discussed, you know, I've got teenage boys and just being, being married with kids always provides a margin for living a certain way that's not conducive to having like peak top <laughs> athletic body composition. Mm -hmm. So I definitely mm -hmm. go through periods where I hover in a state of suboptimality in terms of uh, body composition. But the thing is, I'm aware of that. And I, I do go through phases where I do want to tighten up in terms of training consistency and diet. Mm -hmm. And so 
in my case, there's there's still room to improve. You know, I feel like the stability that that one experiences in life it, it starts to increase as as your kids become more independent, and uh, you know they they end up spending a lot of their own independent time, and then that frees up a little bit more time and focus you have on yourself and, and your own uh, your own fitness program. And so as, as my kids are going up, uh, well, one of them is technically <laughs> been an adult for a year, it does free up some time and focus. And so I, I do have goals of being a little bit more Instagram worthy, you know, over the next year or two. <laughs> well, Alan, uh, I mean, I think you bring up a really good point. Um, first of all, I would, you're not unhealthy by any means. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at you right now, like I can tell. Um, and I see, you know, pictures on Instagram, but I get what you're saying. Like, but for most people listening to this, they have, they lead very busy lives. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people have kids and life's going out of a million miles a minute. So when it comes to this body composition piece, like what are some things that w- would you say it's better to have like short bursts of maybe you're going to spend four to six weeks in a eucaloric state or um, a deficit and then just, Hey, let's maintenance for a while. And then like, okay, it's may, I'm going to spend four weeks in there. And then I'm going to get back to just eating a maintenance and diet. Like, is that the type of, mindset you think people that are like you you and me should be thinking about yeah i I think it's perfectly fine to go through seasons Mm -hmm. and and cycles through the year where body weight fluctuation can be you know two percent of your total body weight is is perfectly fine level of fluctuating uh even Mm -hmm. you know even three percent for people who do very dedicated bulking and and cutting cycles and so mm-hmm. uh, it kind of depends on on just how um, j- just how how I guess robust your your goals are for fat loss and muscle gain. And so if you maintain that dynamic kind of fluctuation uh, as a, as a <laughs> with guys, it's a lot easier to gauge what's going on um, abdominal fat wise than it is with Mm -hmm. women because women's body fat distribution is quite different but um putting on the in quotes winter coat (laughs) um (laughs) that that can be done in in a healthy way if it's not taken to extremes where your body weight fluctuation is significantly more than a couple percent during the course of the year Thanks again for listening to the Blueprint Podcast. And if you enjoyed today's show, please take a picture of the podcast and share it on Instagram and at me and Alan with any questions or comments that you may have. Thanks again for listening and I'll catch you in the next episode.